Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Action Network podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet, alongside, as always, my pal Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs. We will be joined in just a little bit by two-time Safeway Open champion Brendan Steele joining us for a fun interview in just a little while. And guess what, everybody? We are at week one of 50 on the PGA Tour the last season. Ended just the other day. Yes, it ended on Monday afternoon the next season. Starts on Thursday morning at the Safeway out in Napa wine country this week. We will get to everything going on this week at that event. And we'll talk a little bit about last week as well. As a reminder, all odds on the Action Network podcast are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And Peter, what's going on? Welcome. It's going to be a big week in sports and Hey, why not throw another sport in there? We've got the beginning of the PGA Tour season. I know it sounds a little bit weird that we're starting off like this, but uh, what do you think about the upcoming season, first of all? And give me a name you're going to be talking about in a little bit when we get to uh, breaking down the Safeway. I'm honestly very excited for the upcoming season. Uh, Golf is a sport that I enjoy playing DFS the most and love betting on the most, so Stoked we have a lot more golf, including uh, the Masters down the road here still in 2020 and the U.S. Open, obviously, in a couple of weeks. And very excited for this week. And, you know, we're interviewing Brendan Steele. He is uh, the top friend of the podcast. He's a guy that I really like this week. First of all, uh, and don't tell him I said this, but really like Brendan Steele this week. Statistically speaking, he's a remarkably average tour player, but it's the steely demeanor and resolve that have laid the foundation for his achievements. Uh, you know, obviously he plays well on this golf course. He's been playing well all year, but again, don't want his head to get too big. So I'm, I'm not going to let him know, but I uh, really like Brendan Steele. I will be mentioning him probably when we get into our ultimate DFS lineup later in the show. That said, you know, you've gone from golf fan to golf better when the tour championship, the season finale for the FedEx cup playoffs doesn't excite you nearly as much as the Safeway open with very few top-level elite players who are competing. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and this is why the PGA Tour, I think, sees a lot of value in investing in, and you know, there's four now official betting operators of the PGA Tour, all of which have been announced in the last month. Uh, we at the Action Network uh, have a partnership with the PGA Tour. We do a show, The Gimme, that uh, is promoted by all the PGA Tour channels and platforms. And so, I think the PGA Tour understands, and we certainly understand that, you know, I, there's, you know, nothing wrong with the Tour Championship. It was great. It was fun. Dustin Johnson blitzed the field and and played terrific golf over that three-week stretch, but it's pretty cool to get a full field again, which we haven't seen for a few weeks, and, and getting all these guys back in the mix. I mean, this is going to be uh, uh, this is going to be a fun week coming up, so can't wait to get to talking about the Safeway Open, but first, uh, Dustin Johnson, I mean, I, I get that he didn't win the the low 72-hole total over the past uh, four days at, at Eastlake, but still a dominant performance over the course of three weeks and just killing it lately with the U.S. Open coming up next week that should suit his game pretty well. Yeah, what a fun week. And uh, to echo what you just said, I'll have about 5X invested uh, what I had at the Tour Championship there this week. Go. So I personally prefer 
bigger field from a handicapping perspective. I think there's more edges and certainly uh, I think skill will shine through more uh, in DFS this week than it did last week. Although incredible event. Uh, I actually like the way they start out with the, the lead. They have to figure out a way to handicap the FedEx standings and it's been confusing in years past. So I really like the way it played out. Tons of drama had the best players at the top. Xander played incredible uh, to win that 72 hole lowest score, but DJ uh, is the rightful champion played unbelievable golf ever since Brooks Kepka kind of gave him a little nudge. DJ mm. seemed to, to figure it out and uh, wow. Hall of fame career. Good for him. And yeah, it was fun to see Rom and JT uh, put on a show. I mean, that course is not easy. And those guys, uh, it's amazing how good they are at golf. So I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm excited for this week where we have a full field. One point I'd like to make on DJ before we move on is that he will go into next week's U.S. Open as the favorite. Right now, running about 9-1, to one. Might, might, depend, uh, might vary a little bit depending on your book, but he is going to be the favorite going into the U.S. Open. He's been the favorite seven times at major championships over the last four years. Only one of those times, Peter, has he finished inside the top 25 in events, in major championship events, where he has not been the favorite. And it doesn't mean he's very far back. Uh, in a lot of these scenarios, he's second, third, fourth. He's played much, much better. I have an article coming, to, coming out about this probably Monday next week as we lead into the U.S. Open. DJ doesn't seem like a guy who's very worried or concerned or even knowledgeable about the fact that he's the the odds on favorite in the field so do we chalk it up to coincidence or do we say hey maybe so there's something to the fact that you know dj with a target on his back as the guy to catch based on the way the books and the odds makers are playing it is there something to that is there something to the fact that you know maybe he's he's not as comfortable in that position off the top but you know <laughs> i can remember the masters where he was playing Unbelievable. Yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, had the accident. But yeah, that is a strange thing. I, I would initially think that that's a little noisy, but uh, maybe there is something to it. And he won't be my favorite. Uh, I, I have someone mm. that I think is going to be, I think will be the clear favorite on my end, who I will be heavily invested in. Can you guess who it is? I think it's the same player who I will have number one in my ranking next week. Is he number two in the world ranking right now? That is correct, Mr. Yeah. John Rom. Surprise, surprise. Peter Jennings loves John Rom. I've been saying for months and months and months that Bryson DeChambeau is going to be my guy at the U.S. Open. If you look at the recent trend of U.S. Open champions, we've got Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, Brooks Kepka twice over the last four years. You need to be a big, muscular, athletic guy with a lot of swing speed. Because at some point, you are going to hit your ball in the rough. I don't care if you're Jim Furyk or Ches Revy or whoever else. Your ball's going to get in the rough. You need to have an athletic swing to, to be able to, to, to get the ball, hack it out of there, and be able to produce reasonable scores. And Bryson was the guy I was looking at when he was playing better. He's just not in form right now. I will still have him near the top, but John Rahm is my guy for next week, I believe. I believe I think he there's should still be, time to change. There's I think he should be. It. The favorite. He's the. He I think he's the best player in the world. I get he DJ's can't play be the awesome. favorite based on what DJ just did. I get it. I'll no, take. No. I'll take Rom straight up over DJ uh, for the U.S. Open. I, I'm with you on that. I agree that Dustin Johnson is is and should be the favorite. And I also agree with you that I will take John Rom over him next week. We're we're gonna get to that next week, and we're gonna get to Brendan Steele in just a second. One of the favorites this week at the Safe, Safeway Open. But first, we are extremely excited to announce that 
The Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM is now live. This is a free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament specifically for our podcast listeners. And you can join by simply clicking on the link in our episode description. The top 10 finishers each week receive over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes. And the top five finishers each week punch their ticket to the wildcard weekend grand finale where they will compete for the grand prize, a Vegas trip for two, valued at over $5,000, courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join this tournament every week of the NFL regular season. Just click on the link in our episode description. Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. I just want to be able to hit the ball higher, a little bit farther. Steele with a rip off the 12th. Hard to beat. Wow, that was just jammed in. Man of steel. How good was that? Wow. And joining us now, as promised, fresh off a fantasy football draft. Is this how you prep for one of your major championships, Brendan Steele, with a fantasy football draft? I mean, you can't be as good as the other guys in your league, can you? Because you're, you're busy playing golf all the time. Yeah, I mean, my league's pretty stacked. You know, you, you are in it, and you were already making oh. fun of me for how poorly I did. So. Oh, that's right. We are in the same league, the Jail League, by the way. It's, uh, it's called the Jail League. I'm not sure why it's called that, but it's called it's, that. It's called that. Let me give you a history lesson because you oh. came into Jail League late. I did. It's called that because it's, it's Mike Nicoletti's league, and we call him the warden because he wouldn't yeah. let us do anything that we wanted to do originally. <laughs> Wouldn't let us make any changes to the league. He vetoed everything. He would veto trades just like commissioner veto. And like, so we called it the jail. He couldn't do anything you wanted to. It all fits. And not only did I get to draft in the 10 spot and you were 11. So I get to steal half of your picks throughout the entire night, but then I get to have you on the pod, get to throw some softballs at you. And then I get to bet on you this week at a place where you've won twice in Napa at the Safeway Open. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to throw so much on you this week that I'm going to win more than you are when you win the golf tournament. How's that sound? Yeah, you were throwing all sorts of shade at me, all sorts of chaos right now. But uh, I am pretty ashamed of my, uh, of my team, how I did this evening. So hopefully the golf goes better. I mean, I figure Sobel's team is better at the moment, but I also figure that I'm a better manager. I have more hunchiness. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, you are so by the book. I, I invented the word hunchy. Are you kidding me? I already in one of my other leagues have sat Amari Cooper for the first week because Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow him. That is hunchy right there. Don't give me hunchiness. Uh, like what percentage of the two? I know that's kind of tough to gauge, but like most of you guys out there are sports fans. You're probably a bigger sports fan than, than most of the players out there and most of the people out there. But what percentage of the guys have a fantasy football team? What percentage of the guys are maybe throwing a couple bucks on games uh, each weekend? You know, whatever it might be, guys that are like – somewhat invested in whether it's college or NFL on a given weekend? I think very high. I mean, college, most of the guys went to a school with, with a good program. You know, there's a lot of uh, Alabama, OSU, you know, those kind of Oklahoma state, you know, there's all those types of schools with, with big followings. Um, And then, you know, guys have the teams that they grew up with. They might have the teams where they live now. Um, So I think football is huge for us. I think I'm, bigger into some of the other sports you know like hockey is my favorite sport so I'm really focused on that I love baseball uh, I've, I've been watching all the NBA playoffs so I do everything but fantasy football to me is just the most fun thing that I can do <laughs> walking down the seventh fairway this week you're playing with Phil actually the first couple of rounds Who, who's the third in your group uh, Shane Lowry okay so 
I don't know if Shane Lowry's a football guy. He looks like he could be a football guy if he had been born here. But that's not to besmirch the Irish guy. I was talking football with Graham McDowell not that long ago. Graham knows more about football than most Americans do. So walking down, like, you know, the seventh fairway, randomly walking off the tee box, will you, Phil, and Shane Lowry sit there and talk about, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I took this receiver in the ninth round. What do you think? I mean, is, is that a topic of conversation that would come up this time of year? Or is it more like, you know, the Colts are – Minus seven and a half against the Jags. What do you think? More of the gambling chatter and then more of just like the, who do you think is going to be good this year? Why do you think they're going to be good? You know, those types of things like, uh, how do you think COVID's going to affect this? Is it going to go way under because the offenses don't have their timing or is it going to go over because nobody can make a tackle? Like, what, what are we doing here? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I can't wait to dive into it. It's crazy that... It starts this week. Crazy that you guys start this week. We are – it's officially 64 hours since the, – from the end of the Tour Championship to the beginning of the Safeway Open. Most years I rail on this a little bit. And I say, look, just golf needs to go away. Think about it. We're, we just spent the last, what, 10, 15 minutes talking about NFL football because we're also geared up for the NFL to start because we haven't seen a game in seven, eight months. And golf never really has a chance to go away – and so we don't have a chance to miss it as fans. I don't know about you as a player. I mean, you probably want to get away from the game. I know you like having your downtime on weeks you're not playing, but obviously at an event that you've won twice in the past, you've played great in, uh, gives you a, an excellent chance to go out there and win. You, you can't sit out. I mean, you, you got to go out there and, and start playing and get the season going, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, I, I'm excited to play here uh, specifically. Anytime I can get a little bit of a break, then it makes me excited to come back out and play again. But we had, I think I had 12 weeks off, you know, earlier this year, which never happens. Um, even in the off season, we don't, we don't get 12 weeks. You know, sometimes I'm playing all the way through the first week or two in December uh, and then restarting again early January. So kind of four weeks and it's around Christmas. And so that, does that really count, you know, with all the other stuff that's going on there, you know, shopping and, and doing all that stuff. So this was a, a nice year as far as getting time with the family and having time away from the game. Uh, sure. The golf course was even closed for five weeks, I think when we first came home for the players. So I got a real break from golf. So I'm still excited to play right now. I'm excited for the fall. I've always played in the fall. I've always played a lot in the fall, and I've enjoyed it a lot. And this year, it's actually probably the best fall ever for me because there's four events on the West Coast. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that's great. And, and we're looking at all our West Coasters this week. Peter and I are going to get into breaking down the field. Your name may come up uh, after we get rid of you here in just a little bit. But by the way, and we're talking about earlier you playing with Phil over the first couple of rounds. What's going on with your boy Phil? I mean, he's got the aviators, he's got the coffee, he, he's tweeting about, you know, thanking Tiger for everything he's done for him and for the game. What's going on with Phil right now? Give me, give me a little state of the Mickelson right now. The, the best part about Phil is you just never know what you're going to get, but it's always going to be incredible. So, I mean, I, Phil just never, <laughs> he never does what you think he's going to do. Uh, he's got the coffee. The coffee has been a big part of his life for, for a long time now. And, and now he's got uh, a company that he's working on. And so, so he's doing his own thing there. And then the aviators were kind of a fluke thing. Somebody gave them to him and, uh, and he just, he put them on one day and was like, these are kind of incredible. And, and now he wants to get more and doesn't even know where to get them, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so it's really, it's really funny. It's classic Phil stuff, but he's always entertaining. He's always fun. He's been awesome to me. We're, we're very close. We played a ton of golf together. Um, so it's always exciting to go out and play with him. And I remember a, a couple of years ago here, he was worn out. I think he was coming off of, uh, 
the president's cup or the Ryder cup or something. And, mm-hmm. and he came to play here and he was just gassed. And, uh, we got paired together that year as well. And, uh, he was, he was so excited to play with me. He was like, this is the only reason that I'm excited to play today. Cause I'm just so worn out. He's like, I'm going to hit it all over the place. I'm going to hit five balls out of bounds. And then he shot 63 that day. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you, what'd you think about Phil, uh, winning the senior event? That was uh pretty cool to see him go out there, win his only event. And if you were Phil, when would you play your next champions tour event? Would you just say, Hey, I won the only time I went out there or would you go out there for another event? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I, I love that. He's obviously, I mean, still an incredible player. He finished second at the WGC a couple right. weeks before that. So, I mean, he, he was going out there and kind of cherry picking a little bit, but he played incredible. I mean, he shot a million under par, which is hard to do wherever you're playing. But Phil will probably use the Champions Tour as a way to tune up for events uh, or to fill in his schedule if there's something that he that he's really looking forward to. I, I don't have any idea. I don't know if he's going to play, if he would play five events next year, if he would play none. But I think he'll probably fill in with things. He, he's, he likes to really work his way into tournaments. So, you know, there could be something before the Masters that makes sense. Uh, you know, the Masters in November or in April. So, uh, I don't know. But I think he'll probably head back out there at some point just because he enjoys it and it's fun for him. So, Safeway Open this week. As I mentioned earlier, you were a two-time champion back in 2016 and 17. So, two-part question. You have to answer both parts of it. Uh, first of all, what skill set – does it really take to win at Silverado? What do you need to do well on this golf course? And secondly, handicap your chances this week. What do you think if, if you're a betting man, Brendan Steele was staring back at you from near the top of the odds board this week, what would you think? People always ask me like why I've been successful here and what it is about this course. Because on paper, it's not actually a course that I would look at and go, oh yeah, I'm licking my chops. This is perfect for me but I understand it pretty well as far as like when you can be aggressive, what pins you can be aggressive to, where you have to be careful, where you can miss it, all those types of things. I think iron play is probably the most important thing. Fairways are very hard to hit out here. I saw a stat the other day that it was like 50% on average uh, last year. It may be a little softer this year, at least to start, but um, fairways are pretty tough to hit. Iron shots have to get close. Uh, the greens have a lot of slope. There's actually three greens that they mow a little differently, which I don't think a lot of people know about out here. There's mm-hmm. three greens that they mow at a different speed because they have so much slope to them. So what happens is you get out there and you think this putt has to be crazy fast because of the amount of slope, but you don't know that they've actually mowed it at a different level. So it, it, it's not as crazy as it looks. I have told you my theory before on in inconsistent green speeds, which you guys would hate. One green runs a seven. The next one's a, a 13 and a half on the stem. That's how you want to make it hard. <laughs> yeah. To counteract you guys who hit it, you know, 400 yards, you and Bryson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Me and Bryson <laughs> were in the same category. And then the second part of that would be, I'm fairly pleased with my game. I, um, I've played pretty well since the restart. I've done it a few different ways. Overall, my putting's been the best uh, it's ever been, which is great for me because that's always been the thing that if I putt well, I play well. And if I don't, I don't. And that would be the stat that I would always be kind of the lowest in for the season. And I had my best year last year. So I'm very excited about that. On the flip side, normally a very good driver of the ball and I haven't been driving it as well. But I'm putting a new Wilson driver into play this week. I think that's going to help me hit it a lot straighter. So I'm hoping that 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 helps me out. I'm going to go out there tomorrow and work on some fades. I'm struggling a little bit with that. If I can get that together, then I think I have a pretty good shot this week. That being said, if I'm going to be the favorite, the value is probably not there. (laughs) (laughs) 
By the way, you know what Dustin Johnson said when he was asked about why he went from hitting draws to fades, right? Well, what did he say? It was a couple of years ago after he won at Bridgestone and they're still playing an event there. And some of the reporters glommed onto it and said, oh, you're, you're hitting draw, a draw and you, you went to a fade. Like, what was that like? Well, I was hitting a draw and I wanted to hit a fade. So I hit a fade. And that was it. <laughs> so perfect. if you'd like some advice on how to hit that fade, DJ is happy to help you out with that. Yeah, you just hit it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> So I was told yesterday that DJ's hot play of, of late, mm-hmm. hot to be, uh, you know, that's kind of a minor way to uh, explain that. He looked at some old film of himself from like years ago and saw a little thing on his follow through and how he used to used to go through it huh. and just, just went, oh, I used to do that. I should do that again. Okay. I want to go back <laughs> to nerding out on golf because that's, I'm big into the modeling and looking at stats and and I did a, a lot of work on looking at your stats and you brought up all the things I was going to talk about. Historically, your best stat, which is the most predictive stat on the PGA Tour, is off the tee. I think that is hands down the most important thing. Putting has a lot of variance, but off the tee, you look at the best players in the world, they're all amazing off the tee. You've been amazing off the tee. This year, you're still doing well. You're gaining strokes off the tee, but not up to the standard of the last couple of years. But you've really been great in approach, which you've had other years where you've been great in approach. But specifically, your strokes gained approach have been awesome in the 2020 season, and the putter heated up. So when you're looking at that stuff, obviously you're, you're taking a look at those stats. Do you focus on what you're best at? Do you try to work on the things that you're struggling in? I mean, putting's a really up and down thing regardless of who you are. I mean, sometimes a guy can be top 10 in strokes gained putting for a year and then 150th the next year. That's um, obviously one of the, the stats with the, the most short-term variance. But how do you evaluate your stats and, and how do you try to improve your game from looking at the stats? We have access to a ton of data, which is, is really cool. Most of the time, it kind of tells you what you already know. Like you feel it when you're out there. You know if you're putting well, if you're not putting well. You know if you're hitting fairways or, you know, if you're not hitting it close enough. For me, with the putting specifically, I had to work on technical stuff first and it took me a long time to get a good understanding of what I was doing with my stroke and why it was happening and how I could fix it. My coach kept telling me, this is what you're doing. And I kept going, no, I'm not. Or I I can't feel that. Or I can't, certainly it can't be that far that I have to move the putter and stuff. So now I feel like I have that more under control. So it's a lot easier. I can get into read and speed more, which is obviously the, the key to putting. It's more of a an art form that it is a science, at least to me. The driving, I have gotten a little crossed up this year. Last year, I, I was first in total driving last year, and I hit a lot of fades. And that was the first year that I hit a ton of fades. This year, I've gotten crossed up at tournaments like the PGA and at uh, BMW, where you had to hit some draws off the tee because there were trees in the way and things where you couldn't just fade it. Even when the, the dog legs going right to left, a lot of the time I was still hitting fades. So I'd be working on my draws and then I'd lose my fade. So then I didn't know what I was doing when I was out there. I'd get out there and maybe hit a good draw, but then I'm trying to hit three good fades and I can't hit any. So the, the driving just got a little crossed up at times this year. Uh, other than that, I feel like everything's really good. So it's, it's a weird time because that's normally, even in the years where I've played poorly, that's been the best part of my game. Um, it would just kind of fall apart after that. And now I've got that part kind of sorted out and I need to get the ball back in the fairway. Did anything change in your approach this year? I mean, you, you had great approach stats in 18, but 2019, I was actually a part of the, you know, from a statistical standpoint, the weakest part of your game. This year, your approach game has been incredible. Did, was there a technical change? Did you find something? Because that's normally a pretty, in terms of range of outcomes for, for golfers, that's normally pretty narrow uh, relative to other stats. So 
Last year, I changed golf balls for the first time in eight years or something like that. And it was awesome because I hit it high and far and straight. And then it was terrible because the spin rate wasn't right. And I didn't know how far it was going to go. So on paper, it looked great because it goes higher, farther and straighter, but I couldn't get it close to the hole. And then I went down a rabbit hole of let me weaken my irons to try to get more spin on it. Let me then change ball. Okay, I'm going to strengthen the irons back down. And then I, I was just like kind of all over the place with it last year. In May of last year, I changed to a ball that spun the right amount with the, the specs on my irons that I wanted, went a little shorter off the tee. I'm now able to stop it a lot faster on the greens, control it a lot better, get the ball flight that I want. So I think the ball's been a big part of it. And then earlier in my career, I could only move the ball right to left. And now I feel like I can hit all the shapes that I need going into the greens. And so if you can only move it right to left, you can only really get it a few of the hole locations in a day, especially on a hard course. Um, Cause you might, you might have five irons in and, and you can't get it close, even if you had a great shot. And then you got, you know, six holes where the pins on the right and some guys can get it close, but I can't get it close. So now I've been able to, to adjust that and kind of all pins are fair game. Um, you know, at least to some extent. That's awesome. Um, and you almost had a, you had probably the meanest hole out I've seen on a hole in one this year. Speaking of <laughs> and I feel like I saw it like when they panned you on TV, it was always you just stuffing pins this year. So kudos to you on the improvement uh, on the approach this year. Uh, thanks, I was Peter. there for that. And as he walked <laughs> off, that was, was like 13th hole at, at Honda. That's uh, I don't know 14, how that didn't go in. 15. Still. Okay. As he walked off the green, he looks at me and says, I hope you didn't have a hole-in-one prop for today. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking about the fans and the betters out there. Brendan Steele. Uh, by the way, and, and those listening can't see it, of course, but uh, my background, which you can see during the gimme show that we always do, is, uh, is my, my Steele caddy bib. As I tell everyone all the time, my career caddy scoring average of 68.00 is Probably conservative estimate, probably top 10 all time on the PGA Tour. I'm available. I'm expensive, but I'm available if you ever need me again. I don't guarantee 68, but I've been there, done that. So, you know, it's very possible. I was in the rain, too. I'm just throwing it out there. The bib can go back on. I can take it off the wall at any point. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I'll have to call you in at some point because I could use a 68 here and there. (laughs) Brendan Steele, uh, great guy, terrific golfer, one of the favorites in the field this week, and absolute loser for week one in our jail fantasy league. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. He's the best, Peter. He's absolutely the best, and I cannot wait to beat him by 50 this week in fantasy. <laughs> I'm rooting for Steely. Obviously, he shares a lot of the same passions that we have, and it's fun to see the stats, and the approach thing to me is really cool. I mean, to hear that he's figured out how to, you know, especially on the approach, move it both directions. That makes so much sense why he's had that huge jump in his strokes gain approach and the strokes gains off the tee that historically has been by far the strength of his game. I think that's going to come around, and I'm hoping Steely ships this thing. 
That would be fantastic. I, I hope so too, for multiple multitude of reasons this week. And uh, by the way, in case the listeners couldn't tell, yes, uh, Brendan and I are, are friends, but uh, there are times when, you know, someone says, Oh, did you talk to Steely? Like what, how's the course plan? What does he think of, you know, this guy or that guy? I don't know. I, I texted with him and we talked about hockey. Then we talked about the basketball game. Then we talked about baseball and we talked about some fancy football stuff. I, you know, we're not sitting there talking about golf. The last thing a golfer wants to do is talk about golf. You're a lawyer. You want to come home and text all your buddies about, you know, all the stuff uh, you're working on with your cases. No, you, you want to talk about everything else. So, you know, we just, talk sports and uh and he really is a good dude and he's uh like we said one of the favorites in this week's field uh Peter, you want to run down uh the list of odds that bet mgm has up there this week for uh for the safeway open because it's it's an eclectic list you start looking at the top and you've got guys like siwoo kim phil mickelson sergio garcia jordan spieth i'm not sure that we can find a more volatile list of uh, potential favorites and contenders at a golf tournament than some of these guys uh, who are uh, guys with incredibly high ceilings and incredibly low floors for guys who are favorites in a golf tournament. So what do we got there on the odds board this week? Yeah. Uh, my friends at MGM Mickelson and Siwoo as the favorites at 20 to one Brendan Steele in front of the pot, oh. 22 to one Harold Varner. Moved to 25 to 1. Hmm, Joel weird. Damon at 25 to 1. Sergio 28 to 1. And then a slew of guys at 30 to 1. Grio, Spieth, and Lowry. So I think uh, there's some really interesting guys, obviously, at the top with Siwoo and Mickelson, who are probably the two most volatile players you'll ever see uh, as the shortest odds uh, you know, out there. But yeah, it's a really intriguing leaderboard. And I'll be betting at MGM for sure, especially on the top fives, top tens, top 20s. No dead heat rules uh, on those bets. Ties are paid in full, and I love that. I, especially last week, uh, it was fun to have those bets. Although Sung Jay really stung me uh, by finishing 11th. I had him T10 to Ooh. start the week, and that looked like a surefire bet. Faltered on Sunday, and then on Monday, the final day, Scheffler made a great birdie on 18, and uh, you know Sung Jay couldn't get it done. Finished 11th, but. That being said, love betting MGM, uh, especially on the finishing position bets. I will say over the last six weeks, uh, I, I was very, very close and, and really nailed most of the top five at the Wyndham. Had JT at the WGC FedEx. We did okay at the PGA. Uh, BMW, I had John Rahm as my favorite outright. And then a few of them just Boston absolutely laid an egg and did not uh, touch DJ. I'm not even sure I talked about him on the pod at all and certainly didn't write about him. Uh, and last week, yeah, you know, trying to differentiate, trying to be a little contrarian, trying to go with, uh, well, Webb Simpson had the week off, and you know maybe these guys coming off what was a major championship venue at Olympia Field, nah, just that didn't work at all. So all I can tell you is that based on the trends, based on the patterns, with me going one off, one on, um, I should be ready for a good week myself. So uh, let Here. us get to our ultimate DFS lineup. We do it every single week. We love doing it on the pod where we go through and pick our six-man DraftKings team for you guys to get a little sense of where we're looking this week. Pete, lead it off. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. 
Well, easiest pick on the board. We're taking the man we just talked to. Guy has won here twice. Approach game is on fire. He's going to hit the fades well this week. Brendan Steele, we hope, is going to be the winner of this week. So we're taking him for sure. Veto. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not vetoing Steele. I will say that as we were in sort of the, the group chat, I said, you know, all the guys were kind of giving him some grief. And I said, you know, this must be why he plays so well in Napa every year because we just get him so pissed off in the fantasy chat and he gets so mad about who he's picked and how much he doesn't like him. He just goes out there and takes it out on the golf course and takes it out on everybody else in the field, goes out and wins that damn thing. So, uh, yes, I love Steely this week. I I think that's a strong pick. And I would like to go with another high-priced guy. I know you've got another high-priced guy that you like. Let's see if we can maybe get three of them in the lineup and then go kind of stars and what do we call them now because we, we don't want to call them stars and scrubs but it's it's i don't think we ever figured this out stars and non-stars i guess it, it might be but in any case uh, i'm looking at joel damon at 9500 this week uh, you mentioned he's somewhere between 25 and 30 to 1 this week and uh i know where's he at uh, mgm 28 28 all right so I, I like that number for Damon this week. He's a guy that plays really well on the West Coast, tends to make birdies and bunches. In fact, our our old buddy, uh, Drew Stoltz, the sleeves, who used to do the pod with us uh, on PGA Tour radio on Sirius XM, often talks about Joel Damon and says he loves his game because he, he just goes unconscious with uh, making birdies. It's like a hot three-point shooter who, uh, after a while, he just want to keep getting him the ball because the guy can't miss. He guy just gets on fire. And Joel Damon is like that on the golf course. So, Looking for a little heat out of Damon this week. So uh, we've got two expensive guys at the top, Steely and Damon. So where are we going next? We're going to keep going expensive, and then we're going to start saving some cash. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got the Jordans in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. Best shoot game on tour, and a guy I really like this week is Harold Barner, who I think sets up really well at this golf course. Really good off the tee. Uh, has competed against the best players in the world uh, throughout this season, specifically on Thursday and Friday. Hasn't had the best weekends, but, you know, this this is obviously a field without uh, anyone from last week, I believe. And uh, I think he's set up really well with uh, his game. And, you know, I think the line movement we've seen here already on Tuesday is a positive sign for Harold Barner. I could have sworn the Jordan's talk was you setting up a Keegan Bradley pick, but uh, I do like the Varner pick. I, I think that's a solid play. We've got 71.33 per player left with three guys left to go. I am looking this week, Peter, at a bunch of West Coast guys. I, I think you can look at West Coast specialist guys that putt better on the Poa Anna greens that they have at Silverado. And Maverick McNeely is a guy who was all everything at Stanford, grew up on the West Coast. He's, uh, he's a guy that's starting to come into his own on the PJ Tour. He's got six finishes of 15th or better since January. And at 7,300, I really like that play this week. All right. I like that, too. I have two guys. Um, I can go a seven thousand or seventy four hundred dollar guy. So I know you really like the seventy four hundred guy, so I want you to take him. Don't okay. worry about leaving me no money. Okay, I really like Car- Carlos Ortiz this week. Seventy four hundred is just simply too cheap. Uh, you know, I know he's not a huge name, but you look at his play. I mean, he's an elite ball striker. Uh, the form I think is pretty solid right now, and I definitely want exposure to him at that price. One of the top values on DraftKings for me this week. Okay, I like that. So. If you're building a team this week where you've got a lot of high-priced guys, you want to sneak in some lower-priced guys, there are some names out there, uh, and maybe names you don't know. I I really like Bryson Nimmer before he withdrew from this tournament. Who's Bryson Nimmer? 
He's won twice and been runner up once in four local IQ series uh, events, which is basically everyone that's uh, part of a PGA tour sanctioned event below the corn Ferry level. Well, he withdrew, but I would look at a guy like Sahith Gala, who I've talked about a few times during this summer, he's back in California, another West coast guy that uh, might start to play well in the PGA tour. Hasn't done it yet. You can look at a guy like Brandon Hagee, who plays well on the West coast, a big hitter. He's got uh, maybe a low floor, but he's also got a really high ceiling. I think he's a guy that could pop one of these weeks and go out and play really well. MJ Dafu, if I'm even saying his last name right, this guy Monday qualifies everywhere. And he's a guy that is very cheap that you might want to look at and say, hey, I'm going to differentiate from a lot of other people at least. So and I've got 6,700 left to spend. And that was me filibustering as I'm looking through all the potential options. And I'm going to stick with my West Coast theme. And I'm going with Joseph Bramlett at 6,500. Really good ball striker. He's a guy that a lot of people liked over the past year. Uh, looking back on recent results, uh, there's not a whole lot. Didn't reach the playoffs, missed the cut at the Wyndham. But the week before, he was 12th at the Barracuda. So, uh, and, and if you go back and look at some of what he did on the West Coast, I think uh, Pebble Beach might be as close to a uh, correlating tournament as we have on tour. And he was 18th at Pebble this past year. Like it. I love that squad. And uh, yeah, the other guy that we're always on, that I think, um, you know, we could have potentially fit in. Uh, we, I love the lineup, but Johnny Vegas, I think, is someone we almost always talk about in the pod. Yeah, yeah. I would hate if we didn't bring him up. I think he has a good week this week. I like Vegas as well. A couple other names that I would throw in there. Patrick Rogers, I really like yeah. a lot this week. Just couldn't fit him in. And uh, Kevin Chapel, another cheap guy who, for good reason, isn't getting a lot of love in the betting markets, is not expensive whatsoever in DFS. But remember, he's, he's a guy that was on the President's Cup team not that long ago. So he is a very, very talented player. So going back, looking at that team, it's Brendan Steele, Joel Damon, Harold Varner, Maverick McNeely, Carlos Ortiz, Joseph Bramlett with 200 left on the table. Peter, I, I kind of love that team, actually. I love this team and I love this week. I'm going to be firing this week. So I'm excited for it. And uh, yeah, fun that Steely came on and uh, we'll see who wins this week. One uh, fantasy matchup. I can't believe we have football uh, on the horizon. So uh, a lot to be excited for as a sports fan right now. Yeah. For as bad as it was being a sports fan just a few months ago, it's starting to get really, really good. And it's going to be fun over the next few weeks. And it's going to be fun for the next Oh, 51 weeks on the PGA Tour with uh, with so many golf Someone's tournaments coming up. Yeah, PGA Tour is calling it a super season. Our uh, our CEO said, "Well, uh, you're you're going to be busy." Patrick Keane told me, uh, "You're you're going to be a busy guy." I said, "Well, I- I'm taking off the entire off season, Tuesday and Wednesday." Well, guess what? That didn't happen. So it's okay. I love it. I can't wait to get back into this stuff. So thanks so much uh, to Brendan Steele for joining us once again. Uh, a, a solid play this week for anybody who's uh, looking for a good bet. Uh, Peter, thanks so much. Good luck to you. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can catch us on The Gimme this week and every week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday evening. Check your local social channels to find out exactly where. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck to everybody for this week's Safeway Open. Here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking.